Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you like making a difference, one of the easiest things you can do is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by a lot of I's and J's. Anything parked here will be thrown out, no exceptions. This one will be short and sweet because it just happened. Full disclosure, I witnessed this event but was not an active participant. I work in an industrial setting and there's a big electrical box in one particular area that the electricians need to get into frequently and with urgency. It goes all the way down to the floor, so anything in the way will prevent access. So one of our particularly reactionary supervisors posted a notice to prevent people from leaving pallets in the way. The phrasing was a bit extreme, but since most people could be expected to react in a rational manner should an issue come up, nobody thought it was a big deal. Well, somebody parked a pallet there with a big crate on it around the size of a coffin. I don't know what's in it, but it's addressed attention, the head of the lab, and has customs paperwork sitting on top of it, valuing it at just shy of three quarters of a million dollars. About an hour ago, the electrician called the supervisor's office on an open channel on the radio, so about 10 or 15 people heard the exchange when he asked what to do with this pallet in the way. Everyone reading this has already guessed the answer. We also all heard him try at least twice to talk him out of it, but he was just talked over. Our big trash bin is attached to a permanent compactor, so anything that goes in there can be expected to be crushed within a few minutes. I took the liberty of turning it off and pocketing the key to it, which I'm going to give to a supervisor with a more level-headed shift change. In the meantime, the garbage is just gonna pile up because the crate is indeed upended into the compactor. I would say obediently throwing away an expensive piece of equipment qualifies as malicious compliance, and he'll have a ton of corroboration when the poop hits the fan. I'll keep you updated. Update, somebody crushed it. The compactor is now jammed, possibly dead. The platen is sitting at just enough of an angle to be alarming and won't move forward or back. The supervisor in question is pacing around the area right now. To his credit, he's not trying to blame the electrician, but whoever put the pallet in front of the electrical box is probably going to get written up, possibly me too because there's absolutely video of me taking the key. I kind of feel bad for the supervisor because I don't think he realizes the full damage he's done. He's freaking out about the damaged compactor. Because people are asking, I'll share that I'm guessing the crate contains some kind of incubator for petri dishes. The absolutely unsalvageable wreckage I can see now looks like a mini fridge. And I can't think of anything else that might be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. We swab things constantly, but the testing's always been done off-site. I'll know more after I get a chance to talk to the lab techs later on. In this situation, although it's a very expensive thing they were putting into the compactor, do you think OP taking the key and intentionally leaving things not functional is a defensible case in this situation? Or do you think OP is kind of liable for a write-up for intentionally hiding the key? Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. Our next story is by AsianBoat69. Want to show up drunk to an ice cream shop and order 15 cones? Sure. 
Back at one of my old part-time jobs, I was working at an up-and-coming ice cream shop. It was typically pretty busy and fast-paced until after 7pm. We were open till 10pm. At 9.45pm, a man very blatantly intoxicated comes by and mumbles he wanted one of everything, all waffle cones very loudly. I specified, sir, we've got 15 flavors at the moment, are you sure you want one of everything? Yes, yes, everything. Are you ordering for others? No, I want it all, he shouted. Typically, we charge the customers after they receive and are satisfied with their ice cream, but this drunkard insisted he paid beforehand because he didn't feel like waiting. I advised against this, but he insisted. After the transaction, I began handing him ice cream cone after ice cream cone. By the third cone, he began to look extremely confused. After the fifth cone, at this point, he'd already had ice cream all over his jacket sleeves. He mumbled some incoherent gobbledygook and I handed him the sixth cone. Suddenly, he spilled all of them all over himself and the floor. He seemed more confused on how he got to that point than anything. I offered to call my manager to help with a refund, but the drunkard yelled back, I don't need you, and left for a neighboring bar. He never came back for the refund. Is it just me, or is the story kind of just sad? Like, this is some guy that's totally intoxicated. I don't know what's going on in their life, but they come in here for some ice cream, and then once they realize they've made some kind of weird mistake, and they're covered in ice cream, and they see all this ice cream on the floor, they kind of just get a little angry and stumble out. I don't know, I think it's just kind of sad. It's just drink responsibly, people. This next story is by Cyber Orbit, filling all the bins with grass. This happened a good while ago, roughly 13 years ago when I was about 12. Due to living about a 30 minute drive from any form of civilization, I had taken up whittling for fun. Just stupid wooden knives that were more likely to give a person splinters than actually cut anything, but it was something to pass the time. Anyway, one day after finishing up one day, I left all the wood shavings on the lawn. My stepfather packed a crap, complaining how it made the lawn look messy and I need to move them. Since he liked to spread all the lawn clippings under the buses around the house, allowing them to just soak into the soil and feed the bushes, I moved the shavings under there to do the same. The next day, he comes home from work and packed another crap, seeing them hidden under a bush, somewhere you wouldn't find them around the back of the house, where you wouldn't see them unless you were looking for them. I tried to argue that they were biodegradable, like the grass he puts there, but he wouldn't listen. Told me I was making excuses to be lazy and that I need to move the shavings to the rubbish, then to go to my room and stay there till dinner. A few days later, on the weekend, I was asked to mow the lawns. We had a lot of grass on our property, so this usually took about five or six emptyings of the catcher. On my first empty, I went to spread it under the bushes as usual when I thought, hang on, grass clippings like wood shavings are biodegradable, but that's just an excuse. I shouldn't be lazy. So I emptied the catcher into the large outdoor bin. Two prices later, that was full. The last three empties of the catcher filled the indoor bin, his bin in the shed, and a black rubbish bag. When him and mom got home after, he went off seeing all this, spent a good 20 minutes going off at me, while I sat there with a small smile on my face, until he stormed off, leaving my mom to have at me. She asked why I do something so stupid. I explained the issue with the wood shavings, and my thought process with the grass, and she just sighed and said, Of course he did. Of course you did. Go empty the grass from the bins, spread it under the bushes, I'll deal with him. So while I'm doing that, I hear mum going off at her husband, going on at how sick she is of the two of us constantly butting heads. 
and how this time it was 100% his fault. Because he won't listen to me, the lazy teenager, he was a truck driver raised by a farmer and transporting farm stock for a living. I was and still am a lot better at working with my brain, so most of the exercise I did was mental and he didn't understand half of it and just took it as being lazy and that he needs to listen to me sometimes. That's it. One of the few times I actually got one up on my stepfather and wasn't really punished for it. Honestly, this entire story just kind of makes me feel for OP. To me, it feels like there were probably a lot of situations where the stepfather kind of micromanaged, but also did it in a really harsh way that put OP down for really no reason at all. I feel for OP, and I'm glad they have this story where they got one up on them. Our next story is by SiphonXZA. Don't lie to tech support. At my previous job, I worked on the business support desk. One of the products we offered was a SIM slash data management surface. Basically, you would buy a block of data, say 100 gigabytes per month, and however many SIM cards you needed, then you can assign data to SIM cards as needed via the customer portal. We weren't the actual cellular network provider, we just sold data and SIMs on their network. We would often receive tickets regarding SIM cards not working. 90% of the time it was a configuration issue, you needed to use the correct APN to connect. Other issues were signal problems and faulty devices, not the SIM cards themselves. They don't just suddenly become faulty, bar the odd dud one from the factory. On this particular day, I received an urgent ticket first thing in the morning about a SIM that was offline and not reachable. The tech who logged it was very insistent that this was an urgent issue and wanted constant updates. I checked from our portal and could see that the SIM still had data assigned, so it was not a simple issue of running out the assigned data. Our first response in this sort of situation is to have the user check the physical SIM, take it out and reinsert it, and confirm that the correct APN was in use. Our terms and conditions firmly state that this is the user's responsibility as the SIM could be anywhere in the country. Not long after asking the above, the tech responds that the checks have been done and asking for an ETA on resolution. At this point, I was pretty sure that they were lying and hadn't checked anything. I get a sixth sense about these things, but had no proof. At this point, our next option is to have the cellular network provider check the SIM, which takes at least a few hours. With the tech continuing to hound me, I end up escalating the call with the provider, who confirmed that there were no issues in the area and that the SIM was offline. By now, it was mid-afternoon and I was getting very annoyed with how the tech kept asking for escalations and ETAs when I knew they were lying about performing the requested checks from their side. If they had done the checks, this would mean that the SIM card just failed after months of working. That just doesn't happen. I decided that it was time to comply with the tech's request to expedite the issue. I drafted an email confirming 1. The tech had performed the requested checks. 2. The cellular network could not find any issues. 3. The SIM had sufficient data available. 4. The next step was a SIM swap, which I would ensure was done immediately. As soon as the email was sent, I called the individual responsible for SIM swaps, and by the end of the call, the swap was complete. For those who don't know, a SIM swap is irreversible and renders the old SIM completely unusable. Shortly after, the tech's manager got involved and asked us to postpone the SIM swap. As they wanted to check the device on-site, 
Confirming my suspicion that this was never done, I replied that the tech had informed us that all on-site checks were done already and that the SIM swap was expedited due to his insistence. Turns out the SIM was in some networking equipment in a mine in a remote province of the country. The tech's company now had to send someone to our office to pick up the new SIM, then drive all the way to a remote mine to replace it, potentially a two-day job. I'm not sure if the tech received any disciplinary action, but he never asked to escalate a SIM issue ever again. There was no fallout for us, as we were covered by the terms and conditions. I mean, to be fair, whoever was saying that they were checking it, maybe it should have been explained to them that if they didn't successfully check it and it wasn't working after that, that they would have to replace the card in probably two plus business days, which would mean they would do exactly the same thing as testing it. Maybe the issue was it was in a remote mine, so nobody was wanting to go out there and actually test it or something. Whatever the issue is, they should have just tested it. This next story is by Lexi the G. You can referee better than me? Show me. I'm a referee instructor, so I teach other referees how to referee. Calls, the rules, how to deal with conflict, etc. Often, I hear commentary on the calls, as all referees do, so I decided to take matters into my own hands once at a local tournament. A dad was complaining about my calls, and I'd gotten to the point where I'd had enough. He yelled, I can referee better than that. I waited until the match with his daughter was over, and I announced to the rest of the competitors in my pool that this dad had graciously offered to not only give me a break, but show me the finer points about the mistakes I was making. I handed him the remote he needed, placed the competitors for him, and then placed them where he needed to be. He was white as a sheet and looked like he was going to vomit. He looked at the remote, looked at me and said, I don't know how to do this. I smiled, took the remote, and he sat down. He was quiet for the rest of the day. Yeah, I watch a fair bit of sports, and honestly, like, as much flack as referees get, especially in sports like basketball, they really are just trying their best. When you're a spectator and you have different angles from the referees, or especially if you can watch replay, you see a lot of mistakes that they make, but like, During the action in the heat of the moment when there's quick movements going on, people are bumping into each other. To make that split second decision as fast as you can, it's a tough job and it's not very rewarding because everybody sends so much hate to the referees. And our final story of the day is by Odin2012, Subway Olive Policy. Roughly 19 years ago, I worked at Subway as a sandwich artist. We had a company policy relating to olives. You were to put three olives per six inch sandwich. A customer could ask for more olives, but we were required to place olives in increments of three or six each time they asked for more olives. This was to cut costs as the olives were expensive. This policy was obviously never followed. No one wants just three olives on their sandwich, so you would normally just throw some on and call it good. However, when a customer was rude or treated us like crap, the policy went into effect full force. The frustration and anger you could instill by leveraging this policy was amazing. And believe me when I said, we made good use of it. I'm sorry sir slash madam, but the policy states that I'm only to use increments of three olives at a time. Blah 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 blah, more olives. Okay, one, two, three. Anything else? I can bet that definitely pissed some people off that really liked their olives. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me.
Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.